0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Chad Burmeister. He is the author of AI for Sales, How Artificial Intelligence is Changing Sales. Great to have you with us, Chad.
1: It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: This is your fourth book?
1: This is my fourth book.
0: Congratulations. Are they all on sales?
1: All on sales, yes.
0: Uh So why AI for sales for the fourth?
1: Interestingly enough, in New York City, I worked for a corporation right out of college Hmm. and I was fired from my first sales job. Okay. So we all have a background in the past. Yeah. And my first sales job, I was fired, right? Mm. So for the last 25 to 30 years, I've dedicated my life's work to help taking sales to the next level of professionalism performance. Mm-hmm. So every book, I continue to bring the best practices for sales. Okay. AI is the next wave of what every salesperson is going to be using. And in fact, many... People are, they just right. don't know they are yet.
0: Okay, so tell me more about that. What do you mean they are, they just don't know they are?
1: Yeah, so at the conference, the C-suite network recently mm-hmm. that I attended, if you were to re- ask everyone in the room, are you using artificial intelligence in your sales motion today? There'd probably be three or four people in a room of 200 people that raise their hand. And if you said, are you using a tool like Zoom Info or Discover Org, a lot of people would raise their hand. Right. Well, Zoom Info Discover Org happens to be heavily... Powered by artificial intelligence, so a lot of companies, a lot of tech companies, use AI, and other companies use that technology. They just don't know it's powered by artificial okay. intelligence. Okay,
0: so how is it powered yeah. by AI?
1: Let's say you have a thousand customers, and right now, without AI, you might go service all of those customers equally, right? Okay, they're all the same, and that would maybe be a bad decision because let's let's look at the entire customer base. So there's a thousand total customers, four hundred of them are going to churn next year, they're Mm -hmm. not gonna buy anymore from you. Right. 600 are absolutely amazing customers and they're gonna double their sales with you. What if the AI could go out and look at the universe and tell you these are the 400 that are likely not going to buy, these are the 600 that will. And by the way, there's another universe of 600,000 companies like the 600 you should go call on those. Hmm. So it really helps you better analyze the big data and help you figure out where to focus and where to really where to sell. My role is to bring technology to market and ensure that companies and sales leaders understand how to leverage the technology.
0: Okay, so do you tell them which technology to use?
1: Yes. So typically the way my company works is that we go into an organization, generally they're a seed round funded company, series A, series B, they've raised some amount of money. Okay. And now their investors say, go. And they usually have about one year to 18 months to either make it or not. Okay. Right. So we come in with data, like we just talked about, Uh We come in with an email automation platform that will send and reply to emails, AI, powered Mm -hmm. by AI. We come in with a social platform that helps you send up to 100 LinkedIn messages a day, connect with people via LinkedIn and Twitter on an automated basis. And then we help you with a digital paid ad strategy to drive to those same, right, the exact right customers. Wow. And then finally, the most important piece is what we call agent-assisted dialing. Mm. And so traditionally, if you walk into a sales floor today and you walk around, you could hear a pin drop. And that's not how it should be, right? I've been in sales for a lot of years. Well, the reason that is is because it's hard to get people on the phone these days. Yeah. It might take 20 to 30, upwards of 100 dials right. to navigate gatekeepers and switchboards to finally talk to one decision maker. right? With agent-assisted dialing, now you can push a button, Pick your list of people you want to talk to, push a button, and within two to three minutes, talk to one of the executives on your list. How so? That's the How magic part. How does that part. work? Yeah. Okay. So we've created a platform with 500 human agents powered by technology that will make the phone calls into these different Fortune 1000 companies, mm-hmm. whatever you're calling. Could be hotels, could be Fortune 1000, doesn't really matter. Uh-huh. But these human agents will actually navigate gatekeepers and switchboards. The magic happens is when the decision maker picks up the phone, hey, this is Jeff Hazlett. Mm-hmm. I'm the seller. I hear a beep in my ear. Hey, Jeff, this is Chad calling from Scalex. Did I catch it in okay time? Uh huh. So it's all done on the back end to Jeff, completely normal phone call. Mm-hmm. He just says, hey, this is Jeff. I say, this is Chad. Now I'm talking to a CEO of a
0: Big company. Wow. The CEOs, despite however, you know, that the phone call, that phone rang, the CEOs typically pick up the phone. Isn't it a sec, an assistant, an, an EA, or
1: you never know when they're gonna pick up the phone. Okay. Right? You if you have a list of a thousand people and I call that list, maybe Jeff just finished his early morning breakfast and he's going in an Uber to another location and his cell phone happens to ring, I get him. Right. Yeah. Or maybe someone's just left. I, I caught someone actually one time at Universal Studios, mm-hmm. and she said, "You know what, Chad? I'm really busy right now. I can't. I can't talk." But she remembered who I was. So mm-hmm. then, when I called her back the next week yeah. with the same platform, right? Hey, Angie, this is Chad with Scalex again. Last time I caught you at Universal Studios is now a better time. Uh huh. She owes me that conversation now, right? Because yeah. I've followed you up where most right. salespeople. Right. Don't do the follow-up.
0: And what happens if you do get an EA, an assistant or something? That? That's the human you get.
1: Yeah, uh, that's, that the, that's the job of these agents, right? Uh-huh. They're going to get to the human assistant. Hey, can you please put me through to Jeff Hazlett? Okay. Oh, he's out of the office today. Hold, please. I'll put you to his voicemail. In that case, our system would actually drop a voicemail for Jeff. Mm, yeah. This is Chad Burmeister calling from ScaleX. We provide data, digital outreach, social and 7X to 10X the number of sales activities by your sales team for the same dollar invested. Mm. Right, That would be my short, sweet message to Jeff. Okay, That way I can leave 100 of those in a day if I want to, or 500 mm-hmm. uh, in just a couple hours time.
0: Don't people on the other end of it know that it's a recorded conversation so it doesn't feel personal, so to speak? Um,
1: you would think so, but okay. when you record, just like this is a digital conversation that's mm-hmm. taken from this live feed mm-hmm. into the real world. Same thing, right? Okay. It's a re- whether it's a recording or a live recording, it's the same thing. It, okay. It, but but it you're not real. saying
0: their names. So I'm just curious right, right, right. how people I like, must work if, the, you, know, if you get yeah. responses yeah, from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. People-
1: well, truth be told, voicemail gets about a two to three percent reply rate traditionally. Okay. If you use some tactics and techniques that are trained in sales, you can get a 15, 20% reply rate. Okay. So one of the reps on my team, 15 years ago. I still remember he used, I call it the mystery message. Mm-hmm. So he'd go, hey, 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 this is Cody, uh, calling from on 24 was the company. And he said, uh, can you call me back? Thanks. And that was it. And he got a <laughs> lot of callbacks, right? Really? And this is Cody, And he, he does the stutter in his uh-huh. voice.
0: So it sounds authentic. It
1: sounds real authentic. Uh-huh. And he would get a lot of callbacks. Now, you have to be able to dance when they call you back. Of course. Like, what is this about? Right, right. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. That's he would the come key. in at 6 a.m. and leave those voicemails manually. Uh-huh. Now he could have left them automatically. Yeah. C-Suite Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner?
0: Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. So tell us, chat a little bit more about your background in sales, and your current company is is Scale.
1: Scalex. Okay,
0: yeah. so tell us sort of your your journey along the way, and how your industry changed with digitization and and sort of this digital artificial world that we live
1: in. Yeah, I, you know, I've always been. Let's go way back. So my first job out of college, I mentioned, was here in, in town. That was a six-month short-lived
0: mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, you said you got can. I was
1: canned. <laughs> what were you selling? Just yeah. curious. Staffing services. Okay. So that was my first job. Well, then my second job, I'm a competitor, right? I'm going to figure out how to sell. Uh-huh. And so what I learned is something very early in my career. Revenue equals frequency times competency. Okay. So how much you sell is how much frequency you do and and how good are you at it? Yeah. So pretty simple conversation. So what I would always tell entry-level salespeople is get the F up, <laughs> right? <laughs> Frequency, because right. you're not competent yet. That's why right. I was like, go oh, for my job. So yeah. what do you do? You do repetitions. Yeah. So that's where I've always focused my career is how do I do way more repetitions than anyone else? Think about a basketball player who's out there dribbling to the right and to the left. I've heard of people that are pro players that will just kill everyone else on the court because they stay later. They do yeah. the practice. Mm-hmm. So that was always my belief strongly that if I can get frequency up, right. What, what turned out though, is that the competency came with the increase in frequency. The more you did
0: it, the better yeah. the so better I've, you got I've at had it. A,
1: I've worked for about six or eight different companies from RingCentral to Riverbed Technology to WebEx that was acquired by Cisco. And uh, I've built teams of you know 50 to 100 people typically. And, and I, I really enjoy seeing those people, you know, move through the ranks, and, mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of success.
0: So is it, you've always worked in sort of, I guess, tech sales or digital sales.
1: Um, pretty much okay. early was transportation. So after the staffing experience, I worked for a transport company, um, Airborne Express, and then Federal Express. Okay. And what I learned from my manager at the time was, hey, this is about an eight to ten percent margin business, and you can build a good life in transport sales, but you probably won't become rich. Mm. I was like, hmm. My dad's a doctor. Yeah. My brother's a doctor. I don't know if uh, I don't know if that sounds like a good idea. Right. So I wrote an MBA actually, uh, and, and, and did my MBA at Loyola Marymount University, and uh-huh. that's where I really, in about two thousand time frame, learned that you can use technology to automate a lot of human tasks that are the the ones that can be automated. Right. They right? can't automate some things.
0: Yeah, no, I was curious what that transition was like for you pre-automation, now post-automation, and kind of you know how that worked. And I'd imagine there's such an influx of you know all this new technology coming at once. So how did how did you manage that in the companies you were at and, yeah. think, and, and sort of navigate?
1: Well you you need to be part of conferences and events. There's okay. so much knowledge out there. Right. There's webinars, there's blogs. You really have to stay up on it. Yeah. So, for the last decade, I've been part of the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals, and it's a membership base of maybe 200, 250,000 people. Yeah. And, um, you know, I like to think of myself as one of the thought leaders there. Um, They have a top 25 inside sales award. And for the past nine out of 10 years, I've received the top 25 vote. Amazing. So staying in yeah. the game, understanding the technology and and deploying it and using it right. is how you stay ahead of the curve.
0: How has prospecting changed with AI?
1: Prospecting's changed because now you can decide who do you call, what do you say to them in a much more effective way. So for example, right. in fact, I've got this little app here. It's called Crystal Nose. And it looks at Crystal Nose, like Crystal Nose.
0: K-N-O-W-S, not uh, yeah. nose. K-N-O-W-S. Okay, got <laughs> it.
1: So Crystal plugs into LinkedIn. It's a Chrome extension. And it looks at who the person is. And so ahead of this conversation, I actually looked up Jeff Hazlet. Okay. Right? And so it says Jeff is spontaneous, confident, and a visionary. Uh-huh. Pretty spot on from what I've discovered in working with him mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. It also says that the relationship that Jeff and I have, it says Chad and Jeffrey both tend to be comfortable with risk, assertive and confident. However, Chad tends to be slightly more logical and practical than Jeffrey. So I think he probably would agree to that. Is that that true? And so this tells you if you were sending an email to Jeff or you were calling him or you were leaving a voicemail or negotiating, this gives you tricks and tips on how best to do that in language that Jeff would appreciate.
0: And that's all based on through through connecting with your LinkedIn?
1: on LinkedIn.
0: Okay, so it's through LinkedIn only, it's not through other social platforms? It looks at other
1: social avenues as well and other data sources. Okay. And it gets better and better because this is crowdsourced. So if you went in and you know Jeff, you could say yes, no, maybe so. And over time, this gets more and more relevant. So imagine a world where the email you get is very very custom fit for you, right? And it's not even done by a human, right? That's that's where um, things are going to happen, yeah. Over the next couple of years.
0: So that said, should people who work in sales fear for their jobs?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the elephant in the room. Yeah, right? I've, I've certainly heard that. Um, the short answer is yes. Okay. Uh, Appreciate if, the honesty, especially if you are not ahead of the curve with technology and your ability to connect human to human relationship. Yeah the it's putting a lot more stress and emphasis on the human interaction right imagine if your job is to come in and you just graduated from college i go back to those days (laughs) and you just hit send all on an email and that's your day job then a computer can do that. So make sure that your day job isn't just pushing yeah, blast right. emails. Right. See,
0: I would think that sales would be better for people who aren't good in, in in the day and times that we're living in sales. You know, it'd be advantageous to someone who's not good with the human connection. Well, it's, because it's, yes, so it's just yes. such a small part of it. Yeah. Um, or maybe not.
1: I don't know. How do you say it? There's there's this job called SDR and BDR, Sales Development Representative and Business Development Representative the SDRs and the BDRs have grown 500% over the last five years. That is the most risky job because with the technology we've talked about today, you can now automate a lot of those tasks right. for the quota-carrying seller. Okay. So if you're a quota-carrying seller and your job is to bring revenue into the business, you're really not at risk. The company yeah. still needs to sell. Right. But if your job is to set appointments, then you better be doing it in a way that's so unique from everyone else or your job's gonna be automated out.
0: So Chad, what are your thoughts on ethics as it relates to AI and sales?
1: Yeah, I've I've attended at least a dozen shows on artificial intelligence over the last couple of years. And it's it's really, really a big and important topic. Hmm. So have you ever heard of the trolley car dilemma? Just did. <laughs> okay, perfect. So imagine you're driving the train and there's two sides of the tracks. Okay. On the right side, there's five people standing in the tracks ahead of you. On the left side, there's one person standing in the tracks. Mm-hmm. You don't have any brakes. As a human being, your decision, uh, let's go to the side with one person on it. Okay, that's, yeah. that's a decision you can make. Now, let's put more data into the equation. Now the five people on the right side are in orange jumpsuits. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Now the one person on the left side is a cap and ground just graduated from high school or college. Right. So think of all of those thoughts that come into your mind. Now imagine giving that decision to a computer. Mm. The computer is never going to have enough inputs to make the right, de- the right decision, right? Yeah. In that situation. So as AI starts to get deployed massively and quickly, Somebody gets to play God in the situation of programming the AI. And so that's the scary part of everything that we just talked about because somebody gets to make that decision. There needs to be AI ethics councils, and every Fortune 1000 company is probably going to have an AI person that's responsible for looking after who makes those kinds of decisions. So
0: they don't exist now, the ethics department?
1: A little bit. Okay. But it's it's going to be a big deal.
0: How do, you, how do you hire in
1: the ethics department? The, uh, how do you
0: interview for an ethical job? Yes. And that, yeah. that's an interesting good, good idea. Question.
1: On the positive side of that is imagine a resume reader that right now a, a frontline manager might read the resume and it might say a certain name and they might say, oh, just by the name, they don't even give the rest of the resume a real read. Is that right? Hmm. Right. Male, female, hmm. certain certain backgrounds. Yeah. And judgment. Say, oh, judgment. Yeah. That's a positive side because now the AI can read the words just like it read on my phone with crystal nose. Yeah. And it can say, oh, this is an a A-plus candidate. So there's definitely po- a lot of positives to AI. You just have to balance it with the ethical side of it.
0: Well, the book is terrific. It's very interesting because sky's the limit on AI, right? Who, who knows what's to come? It's constantly evolving. So uh, book five to come, what do, you, what do you think? Book
1: five to come for sure. This was really a compilation of about 21 different companies and how they use AI. Right. Our company's covered in a couple of chapters. The next book coming out in 2020 will be all about how do you deploy AI and effectively to bring health to your company and grow your sales better than you ever
0: have. Right. Well, it's a hot topic and we look forward to it. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: If you'd like more information, just check out our website, c Club.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Best Seller TV.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.